0: The gray sheet has your hymn on it. We're working on the Lutheran hymnal, hymn 142 A Lamb Goes Uncomplaining Forth. And we are on stanza number three. Yea, Father, yea, most willingly. Yea,
1: Father, yea, most willingly.
0: I'll bear what thou commandest.
1: I'll bear what thou
0: My will conforms to thy decree.
1: My will conforms to thy decree.
0: I do what thou demandest. I do what thou demandest. And so we see that the Son perfectly agrees with the Heavenly Father. Uh, They are the two of the Trinity and thus are in, in full agreement. Uh, the father commands, uh, the son does what is commanded. He does what he what has been demanded by him. Uh, and he does it willingly. Uh, he's going to conform to it. Not just outwardly. Sometimes I would say that's our situation. Um, but uh, to the uh, very will of him of his own self. Uh, he says that he will. Uh, complete it, he will do it. O oh, wondrous love, what hast thou done?
1: O oh, wondrous love, what hast thou
0: done? Uh, the word love is capitalized. O oh, wondrous love, what hast thou done? The Father offers up his Son. The Father offers up his Son. Uh, when the scriptures say God is love, and so here we have Uh, the most wondrous love of all, Uh, and what has God, our love, what has he done? He has offered up his son. Offered him up for what? For what purpose? Why did he offer him? He died for our sins. He He offered him to be the sacrifice. He offered him to die in our place. and so he bore what needed to be uh, lifted off of us, the burden that was placed upon us. The Son, content, <laughs> content descendeth. So he descends to our realm. He is born of a woman and he is born under law that he might do all of this for us. O love, how strong thou art to save.
1: Love, how strong thou art to
0: save. And so the Father sending us His Son is powerful to save. We could actually say
1: here that the capital of love is the Trinity.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it is, and the Trinity is strong to save. Um, how well do we do in saving? Uh, we are weak. Um, even even after we have been converted, uh, it still says, you know, the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing, but uh, we still have a, a, a weak flesh, and so even then, uh, we are not able, but uh, the love that comes in his Son is strong to save. Thou bettest him within the grave, within the grave. whose words... Whose word the mountain rendeth. Thou bettest him within, bettest him, within bettest him within the grave, whose word the mountain rendeth. Thou bettest him within the grave, whose word. And so, uh, bettest him, uh, puts him to bed, tucks him in. Where does uh, the father put him? tucks him in to the grave uh, uh, through death, through burial. Um, he is—he is. That's where he is put. That's—that was the intention, uh, the entire time. And yet, he is the very one, the one who is put in the grave, is the very one whose word can shake the mountains, who created the mountains. And yet, that is what he's done. This is the uh, the great love that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, is, is, is a mystery. We continue to think about a Father that would be that loving, that would do that for uh, for us. Um, it's going to continue to, uh, then, in, in the next stances, uh, speak about how we praise Him and we thank Him for having uh, done that for us. In one part of the Scriptures, uh, it is... Oh, is it Elisha? Uh, who is it? Uh, no, Elijah? Don't know why I get those messed up uh, time to time. Um, I think it was Elijah that goes into the cave and wants to see the Lord. And what happens? Yeah, but first... The wind. The wind and the earthquake, mm-hmm. and the, and finally God is in the small voice, the small voice. Um, and so we see already here um, it is not in that being able to shake the mountains, being able to that, it is the power of God that comes in the love of Jesus, and that comes through the one who has the word. All right. Yeah, that's what it says.
1: But
0: the doesn't resurrect, him or does he, resurrect him? he does. Um, actually, the scriptures speak both ways about that, which is kind of interesting. Um, it One, it says that the Son raises himself up, and then the other, it says the Father raised him up. So you do have both. Um, this particular poetry, though, is, is teaching us that that was the very point. The very point was that he would suffer death and go through the grave and rise again, so that... We having put in the grave and, and dying and go to the grave, we then would have that resurrection. We we would rise as well. So he goes through that, that we might know that that has no power over us. Any other questions? Stanza three. <laughs>
1: All them goes
0: on. Oh, stanza three. I tried one again, didn't
1: I? <laughs> yea, Father, yea, most willingly, I'll bear what thou commandest. Give conforms to thy decree. I do what Thou demandest. O oh, wondrous love, what hast Thou done? The Father offers up His Son. The Son content descended. O oh, love, how strong Thou art to say. Thou bedest him within the grave; will his mend it? We're on the
0: fifth question that deals with the sacrament of the altar, uh, and so we know what it is. What is the sacrament? The body and blood of Christ under the bread and wine. We know where it's written, that is, the words of institution themselves. Uh, We know the benefit given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, How can it do these things? Uh, Only by the word. The chief thing in the sacrament is the words uh, that present to us the promise concerning uh, the particular sacrament. That is. Through that, we receive forgiveness of sins. Whoever believes these words has exactly what they say. Forgiveness of sins. Fifth question. Who receives this sacrament worthily? Repeat after me. Fasting and bodily preparation, and
1: bodily preparation.
0: are certainly fine outward trainings. fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training. Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward
1: training.
0: All right, so when God commands in the commandments and he commands us not to murder, is he satisfied with us not killing anyone. No. Why not? Because we hate
1: people.
0: Because what? We people. Because we hate people. Whoa. Um, when God commands us not to curse, uh, is He happy when we bite our tongue? Okay, I didn't say it, but I thought it. What's the concern? Well, God is not just concerned about outward actions. It's not that He simply wants this kind of lockstep outward obedience. Hmm. Is, is He concerned about that you mean it? We don't ever mean it. We don't know, Well, okay. So what is He concerned about? Our, heart. yeah, our hearts. And that's not just a sympathy kind of thing. It's not just an emotionality. What he's concerned about is that we have a sinful heart from which these things come. What he desires is that we have faith. He desires that we believe. And believing then, we should fear and love God so that we do these things. Fear and love is the understanding of the law and of the gospel. Uh, It is having faith. And so God wants the fruits of faith. That's what he desires. He doesn't just want works. In fact, any work that is done apart from faith is not a good work. Uh, So, all right. Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training. Outward training. Training. Um, why? Why doesn't Luther, when when he when he gets to that, say, "Oh, throw all that away. That's just outward stuff." Um, and and but instead, um, maybe similar to uh, uh, Jesus last week, where someone wanted to bless his mother, and he says, "But rather, blessed are." He doesn't deny. The one, but he actually holds up the other and says, This is what is appropriate and what is required. Luther doesn't completely cast away fine outward training.
1: But he does
0: go on to talk about something else. Um, let's keep going and then I'll come back. But that person is truly worthy and well prepared. Who has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. But that person is truly worthy and well-prepared who has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins.
1: that person is truly worthy and well prepared.
0: All right, so God desires that there might be faith. Faith, particularly in these words. Faith is always in the words. Um, It creates uh, that trust in Jesus Christ, but the words direct us to that so that we have faith. We trust what the words say about the sacrament, about the water of baptism, uh, what it says about Jesus' death. Um, It informs us. It teaches us. So here we have uh, faith, Whoever has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Those must be pretty important words. Because in Luther's five questions, they're included in how many of them? Four. In the words of institution, and in three, and in four, and in five, he repeats it each time, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Um, but that person is truly worthy and well-prepared. Worthy. All right, so, God wants us to have faith in these words. Got it. So, what if I uh, I say, well, what is required? Faith. Exactly. Hmm. I believe what the words say. That Jesus took away, uh, that Jesus suffered and died, and he's giving out his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. And he's doing it because these words say that that's what's being given out. Great. Um, So, when it comes to outward things, should we be concerned about, well, having our hands folded or, or not folded? Um, should we be concerned about discipline of the, of the body? Um, it's outward training, this bodily preparation, um, a fasting which would deny yourself of something.
1: Um, what about this?
0: Those things have their place. They're important. But we, do not, we cannot depend on them because they don't give you forgiveness of for them. Okay. First of all, we don't trust in them. We don't depend upon them. What else? Well they follow. When there's faith, then
1: why behavior follows. So it should. It doesn't always, but you know what I mean? That would be because of faith. We we strive to behave. So faith doesn't want
0: to do these in order to make itself worthy. Right.
1: Those words of forgiveness. So it is. It's like James said. It's faith that says the reason I do those things is because I know it's it's good for me.
0: Um, there were philosophers called Epicureans um, who not only, and we've kind of taken that to mean you know indulging in in kind of everything. Um, actually, the the Epicurean said. Uh, philosophically, said he was concerned about inward things, but but the outward things just didn't matter. It just didn't matter what you did. You you'd do whatever, um, and and so they they were uh, completely irrelevant concerning whether you would uh, uh, overeat or indulge or, or whatever. They'd say, well, that's that's just physical. That's just that. But the real stuff is the inward stuff. Um, that's not the way that, that Christians proceed with a kind of real and imaginary or kind of an inward or an outward. Um, but instead, everything points to Christ. And everything about receiving Christ is to be received by true faith in which we trust what God has done and is giving to us. We use what makes you worthy. Worthy is something that is appropriate, that fits. Um, If something is worthy of something else, if you had a $100 bottle of wine, you wouldn't put it in a Dixie cup. It's not worthy of that. What you would take is a fine goblet. You would take something that would fit. It would be appropriate for it. Um, If you are going to visit the king... Uh, you don't wear your shabby jeans. Um, it's not appropriate. It's not fitting for the occasion uh, that you are doing. When we're talking about what is worthy, we're saying, what is fitting? What fits with a supper in which forgiveness of sins is being given out by the body and blood of Christ? Well, it, it's it's not jeans or slacks that that, that, that makes you... or or, or worthy for this. What is it? Faith. A faith that says, I've got sins and I want them taken away. Oh, you're giving out forgiveness of sins. Um, It's a faith that confesses sins and desires those to be taken away. Faith is what makes it worth it. I have to know what it is and why I come, as it says in the large catechism. What is it? the body and blood given for forgiveness. Why am I coming? To get that forgiveness, to receive that. Absolutely. But, having said that, and knowing what that is, we would say, uh, God has changed my heart. And he does, and he has taught me this, so that I have faith. And I wish to receive his forgiveness. And, being forgiven, why do I want to be forgiven? Because, you know, I, I wish to be pleasing to him. Well, so that leads me to what Jane says flows after this. What flows after? Well, then I want to do this in a a, a way that is, uh, is pleasing to God. How might I please him? Or, or the uh, third use, we would say, even of, of the law. What am I going to do? I'm going to take this body and I'm going to discipline it, right? Um, God wants me to come to church. Well, that's going to take some discipline. What what am I going to discipline? My body? I'm going to put it to bed, uh, so I can get up the next morning. I'm going to set an alarm so I get up. I'm when I get here. What do I want to do? Well, I'd like to pay attention. Well, how can you? What can you do bodily? Bodily preparation is good outward training, right? So what do you do? You kind of go listen. If I sit in the back. I have got 12 rows of people to distract me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to move up. And so if you sit right here, you can be assured that you will always pay attention. <laughs> right. But what does that say about outward training? It's fallible. It's, it's, fallible. it's fine. Um, and outwardly, you know, sometimes you kind of go, well, that worked out real well. Till next Sunday. <laughs> um, and so, yes, there are things that we do. Because of our love and thanksgiving for the gift, we want to treat it appropriately. Not only for ourselves, but if our neighbor sees us, we have an opportunity to teach by him say, why are we so reverent? Because we know what this is, that we're receiving. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Right. And so, there is a thing you say for us. You say, you know, it's good for me. It's good for me to make myself appropriate and pleasing to God. Yeah. It's good for me, well, as a witness to my neighbor. Um, I know what this is, and I wish to treat it for what it is. And so I don't want to treat it lightly. Um, Absolutely. So, I also want to be careful... That I I don't make it seem that it's all dependent upon me. Hmm. So uh um the cross, I walk up, I bow, I kneel, I oh, well, what are we going to do if the front of the church is being remodeled and there's no place to kneel? Now what? Can we have Lord's Supper? <gasps>
1: Yes. In fact, you know,
0: sometimes Luther says, these fine outward training, they're fine and good. But lest you find that you are relying upon it, sometimes he says, you just don't do it. Just as a training to yourself to let you know what is important. Right? Same kind of thing. All right, so, um, what is appropriate? What is fitting? Faith. Um, so we want to be sure that we hear these words. We want to do as best we can to put aside the things that are getting in my way. If that means folding my hands, that will help me. If that means uh, writing down for the sermon, if that means having a prayer before and, and a time to collect your thoughts, uh, then, then yes. Next part.
1: But anyone who does not
0: believe these words, who does not believe these words. or doubts them, is unworthy, is unworthy and unprepared. But anyone who does not believe these words or doubts them is unworthy and unprepared.
1: But
0: anyone who does For the words for you require all hearts to believe. For the words, for you, require all hearts to believe. For the words, for
1: you, require all hearts to believe.
0: Exactly. And so this reception of Lord's Supper needs to be done in true faith. In fact, it can be harmful apart from faith. Uh, And so we wish to come uh, to receive the benefits that come from it. It can be to your harm, just like medicine, Though it is right and good, if it is misused or, or taken by someone for whom they don't have this medical condition, it can harm them. So also it is said of Christ's body and blood that we can take it to our harm. And so we wish, wait, I want to take this in true faith. I want to take this so that I receive the benefits that come from it. That is one of the reasons why we have a closed communion. Um, is out of love for our neighbor, that they might take it to their harm, not believing. There is a second reason why we also have closed communion. It's also a scriptural reason as well, um, because uh, when you take Lord's Supper, as opposed to simply going and sitting in a pew, uh, this is a participation. This says not just that I happen to be here to listen, And I may or may not believe, um, or I may or may not agree with what is said. But when I come and I participate um, in Lord's Supper, I'm saying I accept the teaching that goes on in this church. I accept the preaching and the teaching and the sacraments as they are. Um, This is an act of membership. And so we say, in order for someone to receive Lord's Supper, where there is closed communion there needs to be a public profession of faith. Well, a public profession of faith comes as, you know, we had Cecil and Linda who came forward and said, yes, we have studied these teachings and we agree to that. Um, And thus they are then received at Lord's Supper, for that is their public profession of faith. If someone would go to the Roman church and take Lord's Supper, and then come to the Lutheran Church and take Lord's Supper, what would you ask? What do you believe? Well, yeah, exactly. What do you believe? Because there are... That you are not not the same. That you are not the same. And yet you are coming forward to say, I do. You know, you're in effect making a little public profession without saying, where is your church membership? Um, For those... Um, And there are those in which I have talked with them and and asked them. And I said, wow, having talked with you, you believe what I believe. All right, then. Let's talk about your public profession of faith. Where are you a member? And let's find out. Because as Paul says, I want to make sure that your yes is yes and your no is no. Um, And so there are times in which not everybody that isn't invited to Lord's Supper I'm not saying that they're damned, I'm not saying they're condemned, I'm not saying, I'm saying they haven't been instructed yet, or for some reason our public professions aren't in agreement. Um, either one, we don't agree, or we do agree, and yet uh, I want to make sure that, that you're able to say before others, this is my public profession. Uh, we do accept those who uh, are in agreement with us, uh, as we do with um, other Eldona congregations um, and and have had with other religious bodies discussions and, and have come to agreement um, you know, in, in, until that was broken. So there is also that in connection with close communion. Questions? The Bible verse is John chapter 6, verse 33. Repeat after me. For the bread of God <laughs> is he who comes down from heaven... And gives life to the world. world. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven.
1: heaven.
0: And gives life to the world. world. John John 6, verse
1: 33.
0: I'll light the candles and we'll begin. The Order of Vespers, page 224. Please stand.
1: O Lord, open my lips. And my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, Lamb of our salvation.
0: You may be seated. The reading is on the back of the bulletin. It's John chapter 6, verse 1 through 15. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. And the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. This is God's word. The hymn... TLH 142, A Lamb Goes Uncomplaining Forth.
1: A Lamb goes uncomplaining for the guilt of all men bearing and laden with the sins of earth, none else the burden sharing. goes patient on, grows weak and faint, to swatter with without complaint, that spotless life to offer. Ere shame and stripes and wounds and death, anguish and mockery and sad, willing all this I suffer. This Lamb is Christ, the soul's great friend, The Lamb of God, our Savior. Him the Father chose to send. To gain for us His favor. Go forth, my son, the Father said. And free men from the fear of death. From guilt and condemnation. Though wrath and strife are hard to bear. But by thy passion men shall share. The fruit of thy salvation. Yea, Father, yea, most willingly I'll bear what Thou commandest My will conforms to Thy decree I do what Thou demandest O wondrous love, what hast Thou done The Father offers up his Son, the Son content descended. O love, how strong thou art to say, thou bedest sin within the grave. Whose word the mountains render. From morn till eve my theme shall be Thy mercy's wondrous measure To sacrifice myself for thee shall be my aim and pleasure. My stream of life shall ever be a current flowing ceaselessly thy constant praise outpouring a treasure in my memory. O Lord, all Thou hast done for me Thy gracious love adoring Oh that I am no more afraid New life from Thee is flowing High cross affords me cooling shade With when noonday day sun is glowing. With when numbers sleep, I am oppressed. On thee, my weary soul, shall rest serenely as on pillow my anchor when I woe, my bark is driven to and fro on trouble surging host, and when thy glory I shall see. And taste thy kingdom's pleasure. Thy blood my royal robe shall be. My joy beyond all measure. When I appear before thy throne. Thy righteousness shall be my crown. With these I need not hide me. And there is garments richly wrought. As thine own bride I shall be brought. To stand in joy beside thee.
0: Jesus had been doing miracles. He'd been doing signs. Um, He did it out of mercy. He did it in order to heal and to have mercy upon those, uh, raising a child from the dead or healing those who couldn't speak or were mute or giving sight to the blind. Uh, At this point, he says, uh, he went over the Sea of Galilee, got in a boat, went across the, uh, the sea, uh, and there uh, was going up on on a mountain. He was actually trying to get away from the crowds. What was he trying? Why would he want to get away from the crowds? What was he going to do? Mark? Because they were trying to force him to become something he wasn't going to be. Ooh, by the end, that's exactly what's happening. Um and you're right. Already, that's what, what's going on. Yes, he did. He did. There was, there was much going on. I would say there's times that he withdrew. Uh, that is not a sign of, of you know, not wanting to help or, or any, but, but limitations... Right, right. He did. You are correct. Actually, when he goes across the sea, he's trying to get away from the crowds to have some rest because he wants to teach the apostles, the twelve. They're going to be the teachers. He is going to go away. They're going to write the books of the New Testament. He wants to teach them. And yet, you know what the crowds do? <laughs> they go around. <laughs> what is that, do you think? They go around the sea and get, find out where he comes down and, and they follow him. And so, he's up on the mountain. He's got the twelve with him. And he looks out and he sees people coming. How many? How many? How many men? 5,000. How many women and children? Even more. Um, And so he looks up and he sees all of these people coming to him. They're they're crowding. Um, They're, they're, oh, I guess the scriptures say they're like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, sheep without a shepherd. Um, Immediately, he looks up. He sees all these people coming. And... What does he ask? Where are we going to get what? Bread. Where are we going to get bread? We, gotta get, we need to give these people, where are we going to get something for them to eat? This is already, at the, they're not even there yet. They're just there, he looks out, he sees them coming up. I'm sure the apostles kind of go, what do you mean? What about this? You know, you're concerned about, about feeding these people that are coming? He is concerned. The disciples aren't concerned yet. Uh, we find out in some of the parallel accounts that um, the disciples don't uh, start worrying about this until later. Um, so they come up to Jesus, and a little bit later, they, uh, well, we've got what? We've got a little money in the bag. How much? Not even enough to give everybody a bite. Um, Not going to work. What else do they find? Yes, he's going to preach them. He's going to preach to them all day. And what's going to happen is, is when they get towards the end of the day, the disciples are going, "Uh uh-oh, they're here, and it's starting to get dark. And you, you know, um, if we send these away, they're gonna they're gonna fall down along the way. What about this? Um, and so the disciples don't worry about it until it's too late. Jesus already asked them at the very beginning, "Where are we going to get food to feed these people?" Because he knows he's going to teach them and he's going to keep them, and they're going to be here. And so does Jesus care about these people? You bet. In fact, he cares about food, regular, ordinary food right? Um, when you pray, come Lord Jesus be our God. He cares about your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He cares about your food. Why? Because he cares for you. Not just your soul, but also your, your body as well. So he's asking about this and in fact he does. He keeps them there all day. Um, and he is, he is teaching. And so he does teach them. The people need a teacher and he is going to teach them. And so uh, then, Simon Peter, uh, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, oh, Simon Peter's brother, Andrew. What does he find? We've got a little boy, and he's got a lunch: five loaves, two fish. Two fish. Um, and and to to kind of teach Jesus, you might say, look. What is that here, Jesus? What is that for so many? Um, some of the disciples begged Jesus to send the crowds away, but even then, it's too late. Um, it's already late in the day uh, for this for this to happen. Um, they're out. They're on a mountain. They're out in the wilderness. They they don't have anything. Um, all right. Then Jesus said, "Make the people sit down." What was that? Make the people sit down. Why does he have them sit down? It's time to eat. That's exactly what happens. Go tell your brother, come to the table. Go tell your brother it's time to sit down. What does that mean? It's time to eat. So Jesus says, fine, you got five loaves and two fish. It's dinner time, is what he tells them. Tell all the people to sit down. Whoa. Um, so they're supposed to tell them to sit down as if Jesus is going to feed them. Um, you, you receive the teaching by standing. You sit down to eat. Uh, this takes faith. Faith to believe in Jesus. What should the answer to Jesus have been? Where are we going to get enough for these people to eat? Lord, you know. Lord, you can do it. It's not our money bag, and it's not, what, in our provisions, what we can supply. It's in what you can give us. He was teaching the apostles to rely upon him. Well, it appears that the sending away of the people was because Jesus couldn't take care of them. Send them away and send them off into the towns and let them get some food. And Jesus says, until you tell them to go away, they're not going to leave. So you have to send them away. But that's not, it's not that they didn't care. They just said, there's no way, we can't do it. And it's true, they couldn't do it. But they didn't have to send them away. Because they should have said, Jesus, you do it. You can feed, you're the one. Um, so that's what it was. It wasn't that they cared. Doesn't want them to teach, but but we can't do it. And so that that was the that was the problem. So have the people sit down because we're getting ready to eat. It says there was plenty of grass in that place. That's kind of unusual. <laughs> Usually you would what? Um, actually, you know, one of the members went over to Israel and came back and said, you would be surprised. They said, because water is so scarce and things of this sort, they said. But beside the sea, the place where they say that the feeding of the 5,000 was, it is lush and grass covered, you know, because that water could reach there. And it's kind of a mountain. It's kind of a, you know, going up kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's on the edge, the foot of a mountain kind of thing, um, so what? I mean, come on. The scripture doesn't normally include superfluous statements about grass in the place, and and there's plenty of grass. God chose a nice place for him to sit down. Right. It's about mud, right? Mud in the front yard. You want to go sit down in the mud? No, I don't want to sit down in the mud. Do you think that's what? That's a good place? I think the very practical matter is yes, God does care about grass, and that they sat on the grass. That's exactly what they did. But I think there's more. Um,
1: In case he couldn't multiply the bread, they, they could eat bread. grass?
0: <laughs> no, but I gave you the answer, and that could be close. I think there's a psalm about this, about the sheep without a shepherd, and then about a shepherd who leads them into green pastures and who feeds them and restores their soul and takes care of them. And so all of a sudden there is this little reference to the grass. Um, wow, exactly, this is what is going on. Okay, so there's grass in the place. So the men sat down. Uh, we find out how many there are. Jesus takes the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them. Who did he give them to? To the disciples. He gave them to the disciples, to the twelve, uh, that they might be the servants, that they might be the distributors. Jesus is the one who takes up uh, what they have, the five loaves and the two fish, and he blesses it. What is that? Blesses it. He, he prays. Uh, he, there's a prayer of, of, of asking a blessing, giving thanks. There is a... Res- Uh, a receiving of this, and these is from you. And then he distributes it out. So he receives whatever has been given by the hand of God. God has provided five loaves and two fish. If that's what he provides, then that will be sufficient. Our God always supplies our needs. Then he gives thanks, acknowledging that that's who it's from, uh, that we might use it in a right way. And then he gives it to the apostles and says, you guys be the servants, and you go out and distribute this. No, they both got. It says when they had enough and they were satisfied, both of the bread and of the fish, everybody got bread and everybody got fish. 5,000 men, I'm going to assume we got about 5,000 women and let's add at least 1.2 children or whatever. (laughs) At some point, you know, I'm in Jews, I'm thinking you're going to need a little more. I'm telling you, over 10,000 people had bread and fish from five loaves and two fish and the disciples are the ones distributing why did he have them distribute cuz it was what all right right. They're the shepherds i mean the pastors the ones he was teaching them and that's exactly what he wanted to do he just got an opportunity so now he uses the opportunity the people coming What? To offer further teaching, and teaching in which they learn to rely upon him, and they learn that, what? The pastor, the apostles, those who are given, are not to give out stuff that they don't have. They are to give out the stuff that Jesus gives them. That's my job. My job is not to give you out less than Jesus gave me. It's not to give you out and to add more to the food that Jesus gave me. My job is to give you out the food that Jesus gave me, and to give it out. And what God has provided will be enough. This is sufficient. Uh, God has given us everything we need in the Word, uh, man of God. All that you need, uh, and so that's what we have. They give it out. Oh. And at the end, there was a cup running over, or at least how many baskets? 12 baskets uh, that are left. Um, they gather up the fragments when they get done. And you want to know what that significance is? Yes. <laughs> um, normally, uh, I'm going to say, I. I I think there is always, you know, God packs into to these things. Um, nevertheless, we have another instance in which Jesus is talking to the disciples and they're not getting it, and he goes back and he repeats the numbers to them again. Um, so it's not just a matter of us kind of going, well, you know, I mean, it can be understood in this way, and Paul kind of does this. There is Jesus who comes and goes back, and don't you remember the 5,000 and the twelve? And the 4,000, you know, and, and he goes through and does, does the numbers with them. Um, there is another feeding that has 4,000. This is the feeding of the 5,000. Five is a Jewish number. The five books of Moses, the five, the Pentateuch. The four is the number for the four corners of the world, north, south, east, west. That would be the entire world, the Gentiles and all. It, it pretty well goes that way. What happens with the feeding of the 5,000? They're all concerned about Signs, as Mark said, yep, that's the Jews. When we get to the four thousand, we got a different issue going on, and so we'll talk about this. What do these want? The Jews want to make him a king, but not the right kind of king. Um, exactly. I think as well. I think the uh, uh, the bread being five um, again, pointing back to what would be the heart of the Old Testament, uh, the five uh, books of Moses, the Torah. Um, you know, David picks up five smooth stones. Five is always the one that you would say. Um, if we would talk about that, that's the significance for the word of God itself. Um, the two fish? Hmm, two fish. What about fish? Um,
1: are white. They're what? white. The fish always the
0: Okay. It is. In fact, in our, uh, uh, even in our baptismal waters, um, I wanted them to put uh, uh, the symbol of the fish uh, that, that, that is in there, not just an extraneous kind of thing. But um, the symbol of the fish was the symbol of Christianity and all. And yet, even before that, um, the letters for uh, the word in Greek, the word in Greek is ichthus. The uh, first letter of each one is Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior. Um, it is a description of Jesus himself. Uh, the early Christians uh, who were persecuted often had their uh, Eucharist, their Lord's Supper services, down in the catacombs. Uh, there are The earliest symbols are fish symbols, and they were always a symbol of, Five loaves and two fish were a symbol of the Eucharist, that is, of the Lord's Supper. That Jesus was giving. What's he giving? Well, here he literally gave them five loaves and two fish for bodily sustaining. But God Jesus gives us his body and blood and gives us the bread of life. Uh, We learn John six thirty three this evening. Uh he who comes down uh the bread of life is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life for the world. Jesus is that. And so I think the two fish, obviously, are are Jesus himself, the divine and human nature, the God-man, and and being provided uh, for us. Uh, That I would say, um, uh, the the early church fathers would would love to play with uh, the the language a bit. Uh, By eating Christ, we become Christians. (laughs) Um, That we might become what we receive that we might become and live that forgiveness of sins that we are receiving. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, They gather up the leftover fragments. How much? Huh? Twelve baskets. Twelve baskets. baskets. Why twelve? Each of the the apostles? Yeah, they're going out. And they go and they come back and they go, "We we got a basket full. And Jesus says, yes, that's what I'm providing. And so each one of them are sent out to be a servant with the bread of life, to give out Jesus. And they have more than enough. Uh, Their cup runneth over, uh, they are prepared then to be the apostles that Jesus wanted uh, to teach them to be. Uh, The end of the story, though, is a bit sad. Then those, when they had seen the sign and what he did, they said, this is the prophet, and they got it right. Moses said, I'm going to send you a prophet, and he will come into the world, and you'll have to listen to his words. That prophet was to be the Messiah, and they said, this is the one. They got it right. Uh Uh-oh. But then what? We're going to make him king by force. How are you going to do that? You're going to pick him up and take him. There's something else in the text that uh, John lets us know. Where would they take him? Verse 4. You go to Jerusalem. Why? Because it's Passover time. And it's always said that at the Passover, the Messiah is going to show up, and then that's going to be the end. The Jews will, you know, ah, here, we got the Passover. I think there's a couple references with this. One, about them we're going to take him there, they're going to make him what? The bread king. They got that part wrong. Um, Jesus says, no, I'm not going That's not the kind of king I'm going to be. Um, I'm I'm going to be a king who takes away your sins. I think also we begin to see everybody, uh, uh, as the Passover was something that was commanded by God and you had all of the Jews coming to the Passover. So now it says the Feast of the Jews was at hand. It was near, and everybody is... Well, coming to Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, who takes the way of sin. He is the one who is the unleavened bread, who is giving out that which was without, was out that which was without sin, uh, the bread of life Himself, the teaching. Uh, and so here we have Jesus uh, performing uh, just exactly what the Passover is. Questions? Prayers this evening which we ask God for, thank him for, praise him for, confess. Liam! For what? For the healing the sick. Okay? Luke? To feed us, to feed us as well. Absolutely. Yes, friend? Yeah, in London. All right. We we'll use our pink sheet. We stand. <laughs> holy God, holy and most gracious Father, have mercy on us. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, And the glory, forever and ever,
1: Amen. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may see. A stranger in the earth, do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed who stray from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimony. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you. And with your
1: spirit. Let us pray.
0: Grant, we implore you, Almighty God, that we... Before our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of your grace, may be mercifully relieved. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We ask, dear Lord, that your mercy might extend to those who are sick or are hurting. Uh, especially, we ask, that you would be with the uh, survivors of Uh, the terrorist attack in London, uh, and that you would continue to provide uh, healing as well as uh, protection through those governing authorities. We ask also that you would provide for us our daily bread and especially lead us, uh, that with glad hearts we might receive uh, the bread of life, uh, the teaching of the gospel and the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The final petition. Grant peace, we pray, in mercy, Lord, peace in our time, O send us, for there is none on earth but you, none other to defend us. You only, Lord, can fight for us. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works proceed, give to your servants that peace which the world cannot give. That our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended by you, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.